0: You're listening to the Redeemer Theological Academy with Pastor Brian Cashelmeyer of Redeemer Lutheran Church, Los Alamos, New Mexico. On the Redeemer Theological Academy, we mine the riches of the Scripture and the Church Fathers and find in them Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer. Here's the Academy with Pastor Cashelmeyer. Welcome back to the Redeemer Theological Academy. We've begun this academy here so that we can talk theologically to the unbelieving world. That we would know how to articulate the faith that we believe that's been given to us by God revealed in the divine scriptures. Therefore, our uh, discussion began with really this distinction between natural knowledge, what one would ascertain from creation, that there's a creator, but the problem being that we are in fallen creation. And as part of fallen creation, we don't know all there is to know that God would have us know. It must be revealed. And so that's where I made a distinction between natural knowledge and revealed knowledge. And when we talked about this revealed knowledge, we noticed that the the revealing itself is about the knowledge of salvation, that in Christ alone, the Redeemer, the one mediator between God and man, do we have salvation. So thus the goal of true theology is to have faith in this one true Redeemer. And thus, in our last lecture, we talked about how Jesus sent out the apostles to reveal the knowledge of salvation, that in Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself. So we talked about how the apostle Paul was sent out, and the apostle Paul was talking about the message of the cross in his first letter to the Corinthians. So that when we understand that the message of the cross is a stumbling block to the Jew, it is complete folly to the Gentile. This is where we have to come to grips with the reality of being part of this fallen creation. You see, man is not just a blank slate waiting for knowledge to be downloaded into his head. And so there is a problem here, and the problem is sin itself. The very thing that Christ came to destroy and to atone for is the very thing that's a stumbling block, and it's the very thing that makes us foolish and unwise toward God. But yet we see everything turned upside down. And so that's why when Paul is sent out to proclaim the message of the cross that in Christ God is reconciling the world, it is folly to those who are perishing. It is complete nonsense. It is rubbish. It makes no sense because they are stuck in the realm of natural knowledge. They look toward natural knowledge, not this supernatural knowledge, this revealed knowledge about Jesus. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so Paul talks about this in his letter to the Corinthians in chapter 1, this first epistle, saying that it's, this message is just complete foolishness and a stumbling block to the Jews. And so he goes on to say this. He says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. That's from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 18 through 25. Here we understand that God has come to reveal his knowledge, the knowledge of salvation. God has come to reveal his wisdom through this instrumental instrumental means of his sent apostles proclaiming the message of the cross. But the world is stuck in its own wisdom, and those who are of the world are captured and captivated by the wisdom of the world. They put their, their minds on the things of men rather than on the things of God. So that we understand God is coming in with a wisdom that the world rejects. It is a wisdom that the world does not have because it is a revealed wisdom. It's not taught by human wisdom, nor the spirit of this age, but rather taught by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, who reveals this wisdom in the message of the cross, Christ crucified for us, reconciling God, the Creator, with us, his fallen creation. Now, it's interesting to note that when the Apostle Paul discusses this, this wisdom of God being revealed to the people, but the people not receiving this well, instead rejecting it, he quotes from Isaiah's book, Isaiah chapter 29 in particular. Now We must keep in mind that when the Apostles quote from the Old Testament scriptures, they're not teaching something that they've already got in their minds and trying to grab some kind of a passage, some kind of a so-called biblical principle to support their own notion and their own opinion. Rather, the same Holy Spirit that is speaking through the mouths of the prophets is speaking through the mouths of the apostles. The same Holy Spirit is speaking the same message of the cross about Jesus coming to reconcile God and sinner. And so here Paul takes us back to Isaiah chapter 29, not just taking a verse out of context, but taking a verse so that we would look back at this chapter, that we would look at the context of Isaiah speaking as the mouthpiece of God. That we would see Isaiah's chapter 29 connected to chapter 28, connected to the entire book of Isaiah. And in particular, when you see the suffering servant proclaimed in Isaiah in chapter 53. But so Paul here quotes from verse 20 of Isaiah chapter 29, saying this I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. So Paul is quoting God speaking through the mouth of Isaiah. Isaiah was revealing the wisdom of God to the people of God. He was revealing to the people that which they did not know from natural knowledge. He was giving them wisdom. He was revealing and uncovering what was about to take place. And in particular, in chapter 29, it's about the destruction of Jerusalem. So if you look at 29 verses 3 through 4, this is what Isaiah says. Speaking as the mouthpiece of God, God speaking through him. So the Lord says, and I will encamp against you all around, and will besiege you with towers, and I will raise siege works against you, and you will be brought That's Isaiah chapter 29 verses 3 through 4. So here Isaiah is sent by God to reveal divine realities of what's about to take place and how God will work through it. But yet the people refuse to believe God. They refuse to believe that God would destroy Jerusalem because their wisdom was so much wiser than God's wisdom. They refused to believe that God would overthrow the Davidic throne, that he would trample on the temple. To them, this was a sign of weakness and not of power, for their God was a powerful God, and no pagan God could come in and destroy their strongholds. They felt that they were much wiser than Isaiah. In fact, they saw Isaiah's teaching as just Isaiah's opinion, not as the very word of God, not as the wisdom of God, but rather as the foolishness of Isaiah. And so you look in chapter 29 that the Lord comes to reveal to them what is to take place. And if you you take a look at chapter 29 verses 9 through 10, look at how the Lord talks with them. And the Lord says this, astonish yourselves and be astonished, blind yourselves and be blind, be drunk, but not with wine, stagger, but not with strong drink for the Lord has poured out upon you a spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes, the prophets and covered your heads, the seers. So this is Isaiah chapter 29, verses 9 through 10. So here the Lord says to them who are so much wiser than God, if you want to be blind about this, then be blind. If you want to be deaf, then remain deaf, so that you would be in a deep sleep, unable to awaken yourself. And if you look at the next verse as Isaiah proceeds in verse 11 and 12, Here's what he says. And the vision of all this has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed. When men give it to one who can read it, saying, Read this, he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. And when they give the book to one who cannot read, saying, Read this, he says, I cannot read. This is Isaiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 12. So here the Lord is explaining to them their condition, their spiritual blindness, their spiritual rebellion against God, their desire for the wisdom of the world and the things of men rather than the things of God and the wisdom of God. So that you have to understand here that when we talk about theology revealing Jesus, man is not neutral. Because we have been conceived and born in sin, we are in enmity with God. We are in a state of rebellion. We are spiritually blind and spiritually deaf. We are enemies of God. We're not neutral. We think, we actually think that we are wiser than God. So here Isaiah says, here's the book, and you'll say the book is sealed because it does not make sense to them. It's just like taking a book to somebody who cannot read, and the person who looks at the the pictures of letters on the page says, I don't know what this reveals to me because I can't read. It is sealed off to me because I am blind to the knowledge it is trying to impart. So this is what we need to understand, that man is not neutral, just waiting for knowledge, and all you have to do is just tell them about Jesus, and they say, well, that sounds good, as if the church is sent out like a bunch of used car salesmen that give to the unbeliever a pitch, a sales pitch, that this would be good for you if you would decide for Jesus. The problem is that mankind has already decided against Jesus. We are living in a state of rebellion against him. The key is that Jesus has decided for us, and he has come to us to take upon flesh and blood, that he has sent out his apostles with the Spirit, so that the Spirit would reveal these truths to us. Look at how Paul writes in his letter, First Corinthians, and you, you follow the flow into chapter 2. And so Paul says this in chapter 2, And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned the spiritual person judges all things but himself is to be judged by no one this is 1 corinthians chapter 2 verses 13 through 15 You see, the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So you can't just hand an unbeliever a Bible and say, here it is, believe it. The unbeliever is going to look at the Bible and say, this is a sealed book. It's closed to me. I don't understand. Because the understanding is imparted by the Spirit in the message of the cross, Jesus is the key to unlocking this divine revelation in the Holy Scriptures. It is the Holy Spirit who wants to work through the instrumental means of the prophets and the apostles who were sent to preach and proclaim and then wrote down in writing, inscribed their teaching, For posterity's sake, so that we may be certain and sure of the knowledge of salvation revealed in Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who wants to work through this revelation, the message of the cross, to bring us to salvation. And so you you see back in Isaiah chapter 29, Isaiah is sent in order to reveal the wisdom of God to the very people of God. And so look at Isaiah chapter 29, verse 16. And we read, "'You turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay, that the thing made should say of its maker, He did not make me? Or the thing formed say of him who formed it, He has no understanding?' You see, this is Isaiah speaking in uh, chapter 29, verse 16, about how we, in this natural realm, who are caught up in our own sin and in the way of the world, we turn things upside down. We see ourselves as the potter, the one who makes reality. But we are the clay, We are the ones who are being formed by God by his word. It would be absurd that a pot being made by a potter would speak back to the potter and tell the potter that he didn't know what he was doing. But it's God who reveals to us what he is doing and why he is doing it. And all of this is centered in the message of the cross. You see, back in Acts chapter 7, where you have Stephen, the first martyr, proclaiming how God has acted and God has worked through the beginning with his people, revealing the knowledge of salvation, pointing to the coming Messiah, but yet the prophets were put to death because the wise were wiser than the wisdom of God. And so Stephen says this in Acts chapter 7, verse 51. You stiff necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. You see, the problem is the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, they are spiritually discerned. It is the Holy Spirit who comes through the message of the cross to reveal Jesus and then to open our eyes that we may see, to open our ears that we may hear. But the natural man wants to stick with natural thinking that is tainted with sin. Go back to Isaiah chapter 29. Look at verse 13. It says this, And the Lord said, Because this people draws near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men this again is verse 13 in Isaiah chapter 29 you see the natural man likes to cling to the thinking of other natural men Natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit, they are spiritually discerned. Natural man sticks his eyes onto the things of men. But it's the Holy Spirit who comes to reveal to us divine truths, divine realities, that our blindness would be healed and we would see and believe. So, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13 says, You say with your lips that you honor me, but yet your hearts are far from me, because you will not listen to me. So, this is where in verse 14, Isaiah says, Therefore, as the mouthpiece of God, behold, God speaking, I will again do wonderful things with this people, With wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. That's verse 14. That's the verse that Paul quotes in his first epistle to the Corinthians. That in the days of Isaiah, even the so-called wise men would not receive the wisdom of God. And so it's no wonder that in the days of the Apostle Paul, the so-called wise men of Jerusalem would not listen. They would see, rather, the message of the cross as a stumbling block. And then the Gentiles, of course, would see it as falling. But it's Isaiah in chapter 29, go down to verse 18, and you see Isaiah proclaiming this, In that day the deaf shall hear the words of a book, and their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. That's verse 18. So Isaiah proclaims that the blind will see, the deaf will hear. And this is what we see Jesus doing, literally and physically, when he heals the blind man so that he will physically see. But the goal of that miracle is so that he would spiritually see who Jesus is. He would see the hands of the one who has restored him. That Jesus would open up the ears of the deaf so that they may hear God's voice opening up their ears to the spiritual realities that Jesus himself speaks. But yet, the wisdom of the world says that God doesn't know what he's doing. The things of men are far greater, far better, far more powerful. And this is the way that natural man reacts to the wisdom of God. But it's God who does not leave natural man in his state. He's the one who comes to man to restore him, opening eyes and opening ears through this instrumental means of his word so that they would see Jesus as he truly is. The message of the cross is the instrument through which the Holy Spirit is given, and it's the instrument through which faith is bestowed by the Holy Spirit. But yet those who will not hear resist the work of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we see in Isaiah 29, Isaiah talking about the destruction of Jerusalem and the Jews saying that's not wisdom, that's weakness. But yet the Lord declaring that in the destruction of Jerusalem, he will restore it and he will rebuild it. He will lay down the stone of the foundation so that he can build his eternal kingdom. So you see Isaiah chapter 29 tied with Isaiah chapter 28. And you go back there and you read in verses 9 through 11 of Isaiah, it says this, To whom will he teach knowledge? And to whom will he explain the message? Those who are weaned from the milk, those taken from the breast... For it is precept upon precept, and precept upon precept, and line upon line, here a little, there a little. For by people of a strange tongue, and with a foreign tongue, The Lord will speak to his own people. This is Isaiah chapter 28 verses 9 through 11. The Lord will bring in the Gentiles. The Lord will bestow faith upon the Gentiles. So as Paul goes to the Jews first, they see the message of the cross as a stumbling block, he'll take the message to the Gentiles, bringing the light to them. And by the conversion of the Gentiles, the people of God will see that the fulfillment of the words of Isaiah and all the prophets and the apostles have been fulfilled in the preaching and proclamation of Jesus. Now, If you look again at Isaiah chapter 28, look at verses 14 through 16. We read this, Therefore, Hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers, you who rule this people in Jerusalem, because you have said, We have made a covenant with death, and with Sheol we have an agreement. When the overwhelming whip passes through it, will not it come to us first? For we have made lies our refuge, and in falsehood we have taken shelter. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. This is Isaiah chapter 28 verses 14 through 16. He's telling them that the city of Jerusalem will be destroyed. The temple will be trampled. The throne of David will be overthrown. But yet, the Lord is going to give his wisdom in this. He will lay a foundation, the cornerstone, who will build the eternal kingdom promised to David. And so the Lord says this stone, this cornerstone, will be the son of David. And you look in Isaiah chapter 28, uh, verses 23 through 26, you see this. The Lord says, Give ear and hear my voice. Give attention and hear my speech. Does he who plows for sowing plow continually? Does he continually open and harrow his ground? When he has leveled its surface, does he not scatter dill So cumin, and put in wheat and rose and barley in its proper place, and emir as the border? For he is rightly instructed, his God teaches him. Isaiah 28, verses 23 through 26. So that Isaiah explains to them. Isaiah uncovers for them what's going to take place here in the days to come. Jerusalem will be destroyed. It'll be like a leveling of the ground. It'll be an uprooting, a plowing, preparing the ground for the seed to be sown. Preparing for the building of God's kingdom. So that Jesus, when he comes, he will usher in the eternal kingdom. But just like Isaiah the prophet, the message of Jesus is rejected too. Jesus also proclaims that the temple will be destroyed, Jerusalem will be sacked, and this is fulfilled in 70 AD. The message of Isaiah fulfilled in 586 BC. But in both times, the wisdom of the so-called wise people, the scholars of the age, said this will never happen. And both times they were wrong. So that Jesus proclaims, Jerusalem will be destroyed. But give ear to my teaching. Listen, I am the foundation that will be laid for the building of my church. I am the rock, the tested stone. I am the cornerstone. So fear not when Jerusalem is destroyed, know that it is leveled so that the eternal kingdom can be built. And so if you look at the Apostle Paul later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, as you follow his flow, he says this, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and somebody else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ, First Corinthians chapter three verses ten through eleven. See Paul is talking about Jesus being the rock, the foundation that Isaiah talked about in chapter twenty eight But this same rock that's the cornerstone is also a stumbling stone; it is a rock of offense. In our next lecture, we will see how Paul takes the teaching from Isaiah 28 and combines it with Isaiah chapter 8. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Redeemer Theological Academy. For more episodes or to leave comments about this show, please visit our website, RedeemerTheologicalAcademy.org. Again, that's RedeemerTheologicalAcademy.org. Thanks for listening, and may our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, continue to be your life and salvation, your hope and your peace.